Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi there, and welcome back to this Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be regarding Section 3. Now, Section 3 has to do with the uh, loss of the 116 manuscript pages of the Book of Mormon, but uh, before we get into that, I want to read a couple things preliminary. First, let me read the uh, heading to the section. Uh, the heading says, Revelation given to Joseph Smith the Prophet at Harmony, Pennsylvania, July 28th, or I'm sorry, July 1828, relating to the loss of 116 pages of manuscript translated from the first part of the Book of Mormon, which was called the Book of Lehi. The prophet had reluctantly allowed these pages to pass from his custody to that of Martin Harris, who had served for a brief period as scribe in the translation of the Book of Mormon. The revelation was given through the Urim and Thummim. Now, one comment about uh, the revelation itself that we're going to talk about, this is a revelation not about the lost manuscript, but rather it's about uh, Joseph and his lack of obedience. Now, the taking care of the lost manuscript problem occurred thousands of years ago, and uh, we'll talk about that. But what I want to do first is to talk about a... Uh, the incident of the lost manuscript, and this is taken from uh, the Journal of Joseph Smith, and so I just want to read through some of this because it uh, gives you the details of the of the loss, and so I just want to read through this before we get started into the scriptures. Mr. Harris, having returned from his tour, left me and went home to Palmyra, arranged his affairs, and returned again to my house about the 12th of April, 1828, and commenced writing for me while I translated from the plates, which we continued until the 14th of June, following by which time he had written 116 pages of manuscript on fool's cap paper. Sometime after Mr. Harris had begun to write for me, he began to importune me to give him liberty to carry the writings home and show them, and desired of me that I would inquire of the Lord through the Urim and Thummim, if he might not do so. I did inquire, and the answer was that he must not he must not. However, he was not satisfied with this answer and desired that I should inquire again. I did so, and the answer was as before. Still, he could not be contented, but insisted that I should inquire once more. After much solicitation, I again inquired of the Lord, and permission was granted him to have the writings on certain conditions, which were that he show them only to his brother, preserved Harris, his own wife, his father and his mother, and a Mrs. Cobb, a sister to his wife. In accordance with this last answer, I required of him that he should bind himself in a covenant to me in a most solemn manner that he would not do otherwise than he had, direct, than he had been directed. He did so. He bound himself as I required of him, took the writings, and went away, and went his way. Notwithstanding, however, the great restrictions which he had been laid under, and the solemnity of the covenant which he had made with me, he did show them to others, and by stratagem they got them away from him, and they never have been recovered unto this day. In the meantime, while, Mrs. while Martin Harris was gone with the writings, I went to visit my father's family at Manchester. I continued there for a short season, and then returned to my place in Pennsylvania. Immediately after my return home, I was walking out a little distance, 
when, behold, the former heavenly messenger appeared and handed to me the Urim and Thummim again, for it had been taken from me in consequence of my having wearied the Lord in asking for the privilege of, li- of letting Martin Harris take the writings which he lost by transgression. And I inquired of the Lord through it and obtained the following. At half past twelve we saw him walking with a slow and measured tread toward the house, his eyes fixed thoughtfully upon the ground. When he came to the gate, he did not open it, but got upon the fence and sat and sat some time with his um, with his hat drawn over his eyes. At last, he entered the house. After we sat down and were ready to commence eating, Mr. Uh, Martin looked, took up his knife and fork as if to use them, but dropped them from his hands. Hiram said, "Martin, why do you not eat? Are you sick?" Martin pressed his hands upon his temples and cried out in a tone of anguish. Oh, I have lost my soul. I have lost my soul, Joseph. Joseph, who had smothered his fears uh, till now, sprang from the table exclaiming, Oh, Martin, have you lost the manuscript? Have you broken your oath and brought down condemnation upon my head as well as your own? Yes, he replied, Martin, it is gone and I know not where. Oh, my God, my God, said Joseph, clenching his hands together. All is lost, is lost. What shall I do? I have sinned. It is I who tempted the wrath of God by asking him for that which I had no right to ask, as I was differently instructed by the angel. And he wept and groaned, walking the floor continually. At last he told Martin to go back to his house and search again. No, said Martin Harris, it is all in vain, for I have looked in every place in the house. I have even ripped ripped open beds and pillows, and I know it is not there. Then must I, said Joseph, return to my wife with such a tale as this. I dare not do it, lest I should kill her uh, at once. And how shall I appear before the Lord? Of what rebuke am I not worthy from the angel of the Most High? I besought him not to mourn so, for it might be that the Lord would forgive him. After a short season of humiliation and repentance on his part, but what could I say to comfort him when he saw all the family in such... um, in the same state of mind that he was. Our sobs and groans and the most bitter lamentations filled the house. Joseph in particular was more distressed than the rest, for he knew definitely, and by sorrow for a sorrowful experience, the consequence of what would seem to others to be a very trifling neglect of duty. He continued walking backwards and forwards, weeping and grieving like a tender infant until about sunset, when we persuaded him to take a little nourishment. The next morning he went home. We parted with heavy hearts, for it seemed as though all our fond anticipations, that which we had fed upon and which had been the source of so much secret gratification to us, had in a moment fled and fled forever. And that was uh, in the history of Joseph Smith. That was uh, also written by his mom. All right, so let's get into the verses of Scripture here. Verse 1. The works and the designs and the purposes of God cannot be frustrated, neither can they come to naught. He knew that Satan would try to frustrate the coming forth of the Book of Mormon by the stealing and changing of the manuscript and provided for it hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ. Martin Harris, without a doubt, fell a prey to the enticings of Satan in his constant pleading for the manuscript. Satan played upon his pride and foolish thought that by the showing of the manuscript his kindred could be convinced. There is always danger when men boast in their own strength or when they seek to satisfy their own desires. When those desires are contrary to the will of the Lord and are still persisted in, they will, without fail, return in punishment upon their heads. And that was by uh, Joseph Fielding Smith. 
Verse 2, for God doth not walk in crooked paths. Oh, I should also mention that uh, section 3 and section 10 are uh, companion scriptures. Uh, section 10 is about him getting back the, the Urim and Thummim and being able to translate again. Uh, spoiler alert, sorry. Verse 2, for God doth not walk in crooked paths, neither doth he turn to the right hand nor to the left, neither doth he vary from that which he hath said, therefore his paths are straight, and his course is one eternal round. Remember, remember, that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. And although a man may have many revelations, and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boasts in his own strength, and sets at naught the counsels of God, and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. Now this is a warning to Joseph not to do this again. Verse 5, Behold, you have been entrusted with these things, but how strict were your commandments. And remember also the promises which were made to you if you did not transgress them. And behold, how oft you have transgressed the the commandments and the laws of God and have gone on in the persuasions of men. Section 3 of the Doctrine and Covenants stands as one of the great evidences of the Prophet Joseph Smith's divine calling. As nearly as can be determined, this is the first revelation he ever recorded. He had received other revelations earlier, but they had not yet been recorded. This one is a powerful witness of his prophetic calling. No false prophet would have recorded such a stinging denunciation of himself. As Richard Bushman notes, in the rebuke of Joseph in the Revelation of July 1828, there is no effort to conceal or rationalize, no signs of Joseph justifying himself to prospective followers. The words flow directly from the messenger to Joseph and have the single purpose of setting Joseph straight. Verse 7, For behold, you should not have feared man more than God. We all give in sometimes to peer pressure. It's not difficult to see why Joseph Smith was eager to grant the request of Martin Harris to show the translation to his wife and family. Martin was Joseph's senior by more than 20 years. He was a wealthy landowner, while Joseph was but a, la- was but a day laborer. In giving much by way of time and support to Joseph, Martin had become estranged from his wife and had become the laughingstock of Palmyra. Martin's wife, Lucy Harris, had given her husband an ultimatum that he either bring the manuscript home for her to see, or she would leave him, taking the children with her. After her husband's manuscript, after her husband's first visit to Harmony to serve as Joseph's scribe, Martin's wife prepared a bed and room for him alone, which she suffered to, which he, which she refused to enter. Martin bought the paper and ink, and it was he who wrote the manuscript. He really wanted to take the manuscript to his wife to show her the work he was doing. Continuing verse 7, Although men said it not the counsels of God and despise his words, yet you should have been faithful, and he would have extended his arm and supported you against all the fiery darts of the adversary, and he would have been with you in every time of trouble. Verses 1 through 8 is the reproving. Then starting in verse 9, the Lord is showing his love for Joseph. Remember uh, in section 121, we read that reproving betimes with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy Ghost and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. That's what's happening here with Joseph. What would have happened if Joseph had not heeded the counsel of the Lord? Behold, thou art Joseph, and thou wast chosen to do the work of the Lord. But because of transgression, if thou art not aware, thou wilt fall. We are not indispensable. If we fail to fulfill our assignments given by the Lord, he will find someone else to do it. We are foreordained to callings, but because of agency, we can fail in them. 
Verse 10, but remember, God is merciful. Therefore, repent of that which thou hast done, which is contrary to the commandment which I gave you, and thou art still chosen and art again called to the work. And this is showing the Lord's mercy. Except thou do this, thou shalt be delivered up and become as other men, and have no more gift. And when thou deliverest up that which God had given thee sight and power to translate, thou deliverest up that which was sacred into the hands of a wicked man. Joseph Fielding Smith said, At heart, Martin was not wicked and desired to do what was right. He had faith in the mission of Joseph Smith, and that very faith led to to his undoing, for he could not stand the jibes of relatives and friends. It was because of this that he desired to obtain the manuscript that these relatives and friends might be convinced. Why he thought that an examination of the manuscript would be a means of convincing them, especially his wife, in the frame of mind in which she possessed is not clear. His wickedness consisted in his selfish desire to gratify his own wish contrary to the will of the Lord after he had been denied this request twice before it was granted. Moreover, as uh, moreover, he was wicked in that he violated a most sacred and solemn covenant and trust which he made with the Lord through the prophet Joseph Smith. From his wicked act or acts, he humbly repented and again found favor with the Lord to the extent that he was privileged to stand as one of the special wit- three witnesses of the Book of Mormon and to behold the plates in the presence of the holy angel. He was deprived, however, from ever again acting as scribe in the translation of the sacred record of the Nephites. Remember that uh, Oliver Cowdery is going to join with uh, Joseph to do that later. Verse 13, Who has set at naught the counsels of God and has broken the most sacred promises which were made before God and has depended upon his own judgment and boasted in his own wisdom. That's the definition of wickedness, is trusting in ourselves. And this is the reason that thou hast lost thy privileges for a season. Moroni took back the plates and the Urim and Thummim from the prophet Joseph before Joseph received this revelation. Speaking of the events following his return to harmony, Joseph said, After I arrived here, I commenced humbling myself in mighty prayer before the Lord, and as I poured out my soul in supplication to him, that if possible I might obtain mercy at his hands and be forgiven of all that I had done, which was contrary to his will, an angel stood before me and answered me, saying that I had sinned in delivering the manuscript into the hands of a wicked man, and as I had ventured to become responsible for this man's faithfulness, I would of necessity suffer the consequences of his indiscretion, and I must now give back the Urim and Thummim into his, the angel's, hands. This I did as I was directed, and as I handed them to him, he remarked, If you are very humble and penitent, it may be you will receive them again. If so, it will be on the 22nd of next September. Remember, uh, he received the plates on the 22nd of September in 1828. Uh, So this is... uh, Later, this is the next year. For thou hast suffered the counsel of thy director to be trampled upon from the beginning. The sorrow and humiliation which Joseph felt were beyond description. The Lord's rebukes for his conduct perceived or pierced him to the center. He humbled himself in prayer and repentance, and so true was his humility that the Lord accepted it as expiation for the treasures, or and the treasures were restored to his keeping. Martin Harris was also shamed and grieved, and he repented in anguish and the violation of his trust. But though a measure of confidence was restored to him, he was never again permitted to act as a scribe for the prophet in the work of translation. Uh, 
Verse 16, Nevertheless, my work shall go forth, for inasmuch as the knowledge of a Savior has come unto the world through the testimony of the Jews, meaning the Bible, even so shall the knowledge of a Savior come unto my people, and to the Nephites, and the Jacobites, and the Josephites, and the Zoramites, through the testimony of their fathers, meaning the Book of Mormon. And this testimony shall come to the knowledge of the Lamanites, and the Lemuelites, and the Ishmaelites, who dwindled in unbelief because of the iniquity of their fathers, whom the Lord has suffered to destroy their brethren, the Nephites, because of their iniquities and their abominations. Descendants of Nephi, Jacob, Joseph, and Zoram can be found among Native Americans today. And for this very purpose, for these plates preserved, were these plates preserved, are these plates preserved, which contain these records, that the promises of the Lord might be fulfilled, which he made to his people. The Lord knew the manuscript would be lost and made provisions for it with Nephi and Mormon. Verse 20, and that the Lamanites might come to the knowledge of their fathers, and that they might know the promises of the Lord, and that they may believe the gospel and rely upon the merits of Jesus Christ, and be glorified through faith in his name, and that through their repentance they might be saved. Amen. Anthony Ivins said, One of the great future accomplishments of this church, and one which devotes or devolves upon us, is the preaching of the gospel of the Redeemer to the scattered remnants of the house of Israel. I am a believer in the word of the Lord. I believe the things that are written in this book from which I read, the Doctrine and Covenants. I believe the promises of God as they are contained here in this Book of Mormon. What a strength that book has been to me. How I have thanked the Lord for it, for it has taught me the better way of life. It deals plainly with the doctrines of the gospel, teaches me my duty as a member of the church, teaches me my duty to the state, teaches me my duty to my fellow man. And if the things contained there are true, just as certain as the sun shines in yonder heaven, so will the remnant who are who are descended from the men who wrote it be brought to a knowledge of the truth of the gospel of the Redeemer, come into the church and be numbered with the saints of God. The Lord has promised to un has promised it unconditionally, that is to say, unconditionally, except as it depends upon their repentance, but that they will repent, he has told us, in the most definite manner. And there are millions of them around us, my brethren and sisters. These Lamanites are heirs to the promises, and God has said without qualifications that he will give this land to them for an everlasting inheritance, that they shall be with us the builders of the new Jerusalem. The powers of heaven shall be among them, and they shall know the record of their fathers which has been brought to us through the instrumentality of the prophet Joseph Smith. I bear testimony of the truth of these things and that the the, the prophet um, showing his uh, weaknesses here, but uh, again, this shows that he's really truly a prophet of God because a, a true prophet wouldn't show his weaknesses this, this much. I bear testimony that the truth, that the gospel is true and that this, uh, that uh, the Book of Mormon is true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.